I'm Tom Fenning. And I'm Peter Skerritt. And this is the Beckles Baptist Church Reading Together podcast, uh, which exists to encourage us as a church family as we read Tim Chester's book, Enjoying God, so to prompt further thinking and further discussion of what we have read. Um, Today we come to our 12th podcast and the 11th chapter of the book, which is entitled, In Every Word, We Can Enjoy the Spirit's Voice. So this is the second of three chapters looking at how we relate to God the Spirit and thinking how it is that we can, through the Word of God, the Bible written, we can hear God's Spirit speaking um, to us. Um, Peter, he kicks off with this um, description of how the Bible is not simply about God imparting information to us, Mm. but instead is a means of relationship. Why is that important to set out from the get-go? Well, for one thing, he sets out the problem that it's not so much a matter of time, which is why we don't read the Bible or pray, um, but what we're expecting. Uh, And he gives an illustration of uh, coming home and uh, his wife starts to tell her about the day. And, um, well, what does he do? He doesn't interrupt and say, right, okay, I just need a few salient points here, please. No more. <laughs> I just want information. And of course, what they're doing is talking and relating and getting to know each other. Uh, communication is more than just information. Um, and that's the point that he's flagging up as we come to the Bible. Um, uh, it's more than just conve- conveying information. It's like a conversation, really. We're listening to God. Um, so I think that's the, the, the big thing he's flagging up when he talks about what well, means of communion. It's a, a sense of not information. It is information, but not just information. Good. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and so the, the goal of reading a, your Bible is not knowledge, yeah. but relationship. Um, that that's the kind of key thing that's, that's there very much in that marriage yeah, illustration quite, of yeah. husband saying, yeah. cut, to the, cut to the chase, just give me the things I yeah. need to know. And he, then he goes on the offensive, doesn't he, to, to, to make his point that it's all relational. Mm. Um, he, he goes through different way, phrases people have used in the past to describe what you're doing when you read your Bible and when you pray. Mm. Um, and uh, he kind of works through them. Firstly, spiritual disciplines, the means of grace, and then his own preferred option. Um, What's wrong with spiritual disciplines? So spiritual disciplines, his concern is that it hinges just on our hard work, not on God's grace. Mm. Um, that's the problem with that one. Because it kind of spiritual workout. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Um, th- then he says, okay, well, people have often talked about the means of grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's wrong with that? Well, the, what's better, he says he certainly seems to suggest that that's a stronger category, a stronger label to use of talking yeah. about how we um, read our Bible, pray, um, because it, the, now the emphasis is not on my efforts, but on God's kindness to me. And it also bursts open the ability to understand every interaction that we have going through life is God's means of grace, of relating to us, loving us, which is actually what we've really seen all the way through the book so yeah. far. Yeah. But his, his beef with the label of the means of grace is that he just fears it's slightly uh, mechanistic, slightly transactional. Mm. So as in, I just, I turn up and I get my means of grace. This is, this is what yeah. I need. Yes, if I read my Bible and pray, uh, an appropriate quota of grace will be delivered to me. It's like, I read my Bible, I get grace. Yeah. There you go, good transaction. And he says, actually, that's not what it is. Uh, instead, he suggests means of communion, mm. which 
It's not surprising, considering that's the thrust of the book. Communion with God. Um, and why does he prefer means of communion? Um, he, because now it's concern is relationship. Mm. Um, and so, he, what does he say here? Bottom of 133, prayer, community, worship, service, and suffering are all means that God gives us to enjoy and deepen our relationship with him. Mm. Um, I think that's just, that, which is helpful. So, so we could, you could have means of communion or even kind of means of relationship with God. I think that would be another alternative. Mm. Um, and yeah, his big emphasis is that actually by faith, we're now able to view every experience we have. Mm. And we think of all the range of experiences he's talked about yeah. in the book so far to this point in chapter 11. Um, and actually saying all of these are means yes. by which we can relate to God. And actually when we come to read our Bible and pray... Yeah. Just that, and even more so. So means of communion is, is his label he goes for. Yeah. So why. he's kind of just resetting the lens by which we view the Bible, um, why we would come to it. Uh, I was reminded as I read uh, the beginning of the chapter of a quote by um, John Piper, American preacher. Uh, he said, one of the great uh, outcomes of something like Twitter or so the social media uh, will be to show us how much time we did actually have to pray because <laughs> of the hours we spend kind of whaling our time on Facebook and whatever. Um, and he said, it's, yeah, it's not the time, it's our desire. Definitely. And if we see it as relational, then we'll desire it more. Definitely. Uh, he then kind of picks up on what we're actually doing as we read the Bible. Mm. How, how is it a means of communion? Um, yeah. Uh, and he turns to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3 and and tenses are really important here. Mm. So it's in Hebrews chapter three, the writer to the book to the of the book of Hebrews is just trying to um, quote Psalm ninety five, but as he quotes it, he's not as we'd expect quoting and saying as the Holy Spirit said when this was written a thousand years before. Yeah. But actually, he says quite deliberately, so as the Holy Spirit says, and the big point that's being carried here is that actually, whenever we open the Bible, God, by his Holy Spirit, is not going, oh, here's what I said ages ago, but he's saying, here is a present word for you, a present means of communion. Yeah. And actually, that's a really, really important way for us to think about the Bible, yeah. that God is not, it's not God has spoken, God speaks, is yeah. Speaking. Yeah. I remember uh, just being help, really helped by that as a student when my, my old pastor just joked that he went to a youth group and said, all right, I've got a real word from God for you today. Um, you you want to hear God's voice tonight? Yep, yep. And then he, said, and he read out his Bible. <laughs> um, but he, he would just encourage us to look at the book of Hebrews, just flick through the number of quotations and the number of times it says, as the Spirit says. Mm. And uh, just a reminder that what he said then, he's speaking today. And I, I was really helped by what was on page 135 here, uh, just picking up on the idea of today, 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 in Hebrews, mm -hmm. um, in Psalm 95, was picking up on a time back in the past, but today it says it. And then in Hebrews 3, he applies the psalm to today. And then as we read the psalm today, mm -hmm. it just reminds us that God is speaking yeah. today as he did then, timeless truths. Mm. The second part of it, he picks up on those that God isn't just speaking in the Bible, but what else is he doing? Um, he, he's not just speaking, he is, he is present. Um, and we get this delightful um, inversion of the, that kind of classic Victorian saying of a child <laughs> is to be seen and not heard. 
but in the Bible we find the opposite is true of God. He is heard and not seen, um, and that God is just present with us in his word. Mm. Um, and he's got this delightful little illustration of a child in the middle of a night, terrified, and yet as she hears her father's voice, she sees nothing but the the voice of her father speaking to her brings comfort mm. and actually brings his presence to her in that moment. Um, and that's just, just really helpful. That um, God... yeah. This is where one of the quotes from John Calvin actually really did help. I thought this is brilliant. He said, Jesus Christ holds out his arms to receive us when? As often as the gospel is preached to us. Yeah. I thought oh, that's a great way to view reading the Bible is having Jesus offered to you yeah. in present. That was, yeah. the, that was great. Um, questions that we... Well, actually, uh, we should perhaps think about um, putting it into practice, that section just at the end, mm, very yeah. briefly. Um, what was helpful about the way that he kind of brought the chapter to land? I think it just, it, it's that pattern of just calling us, as we read the Bible, to turn whatever we're reading into yeah. prayer yeah. Um, and actually having it as a kind of dialogue between us and God. So as he speaks in us reading a verse or two that we then respond to what we've read. Um, and rather than trying to do that with a massive, here's, here's a chapter and I'm going to pray the whole thing in, he does it in bite-sized portions of, here's a verse, pray and respond. So uh, John 14 verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. And then Tim Chester says, you might begin by confessing some of the ways that your heart is troubled, then rejoice in Christ's invitation to trust in him. This is an opportunity to leave your troubles with him. Then read verses two to three, and he just works through. And I just found that a really helpful pattern because you need small chunks to be able to respond in prayer to what you've read. Yeah, because one of the reflection questions uh, we were mulling on was, um, how do you plan your Bible reading? Uh, and what changes might you make? As a church, we do, uh, we have our own Bible reading plan where we encourage people to read chapter of the New Testament and Psalms and a chapter of the Old Testament uh, each day to get together. Um, what's your practice uh, how you do that? My practice specifically is that I will write out one or two verses from typically one of the readings. Um, so today um, I read Psalm 90, so we're recording this on Wednesday, read Psalm 90, and I wrote down um, verse 14, and that's what I prayed in satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love um, and I just prayed prayed that in um, and prayed it for people um, so as I prayed for um, Phil and Ali and their family and Ralph and Shida and their family I prayed that verse for them um, as I prayed it for our family That's, it just makes a big bit of the bible yep. specific and focused so that's yeah that's how I do it that's how I do it Brilliant. Okay, our time is through um, as we've looked at chapter 11 and how we see God presently speaking to us in his word. Uh, we hope to see you again next time um, for our next look at chapter 12 um, here in Enjoying God.